Welcome to today's podcast. This is your gracious host, Charles Bay, and you are listening to investinyourselfpodcast.com, where you are the best investment. Um, the overall brand promotes health and wellness as a priority to expanding survival and not the other way around. And today I have a very special guest that I met here in Bali, and um, I would like to introduce my guest. Guests. Hi, my name is uh, Saham Iskali. I'm uh, from Toronto originally, and I've been in Bali for just under two years now. Um, and yeah, well, my journey that brought me to Bali was actually very, very interesting, but it all kind of resonated and revolved around meditation and, you know, understanding the body, the mind, you know, controlling our breath, just controlling every aspect and realizing that almost everything, actually everything and anything that happens to us if you really, really take the time to think about it, it's controlled by us. We have complete responsibility over everything. Exactly, yeah. And so we met through a mutual friend. Uh, well, you're, you're yeah. more friends with her daughter, right? Quincy's yeah, daughter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then... Uh, met her mother. Yeah, and uh, so I met, I know her mother, Queen Sophia, and then her daughter's name is... Aisha. Aisha, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, very cool people, like dope spirits, dope energy. Um, definitely a lot of energy yeah and so uh, we met I met Queen Sophia she's actually on the pod, previous podcast she was on here about two podcasts ago very nice and uh, dropped a lot of gems like about business and just you know overcoming obstacles and mindset and things like that and uh, but she had a housewarming invited us over and it was nice. dope penthouse connected to the rooftop Beautiful. almost yeah. almost a 360 view of Bali you can see Two volcanoes in the distance. I think they're the two most active, someone was saying, on Earth right now. It's definitely a prime property. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that was rivaling the height in the air was Finn's water park. Much. <laughs> we were like Pretty in the tallest. The only tall, yeah. <laughs> the only but you could see, you know, you could see the ocean and the sunset was amazing, but it was good company, good food, good conversation. Exactly. It was really nice. And, yeah. You know, you network, you met different yeah. people. Yeah, good exactly. Good stories, good conversation. It was, it was a nice evening. Yeah, and that, that's very common here in Bali, too. It's just amazing, the people that are here. And then, we know, we started, we just started chopping up, started vibing, had a connection, had a really good conversation. And I felt like this would be a good conversation for the podcast because I like to interview people from different walks of life and, um, you know, to inspire them, like, based on, like, what we've gone through to get to where we're at today. I feel like if people can hear that, people that are stuck in the right rate, people who want to travel more, people who have ideas or dreams, but maybe like their limiting beliefs are stopping them or their fears are stopping them, that hopefully if they listen to something here that's inspirational, that might encourage them to take one next step towards that direction. And so um, let's just go back. So you're from Toronto originally, Canada? Correct, correct. I yeah. spent, I'd say, you know, a good part of my first 30 years on this earth in Toronto. Okay. Uh, went to school in Toronto. But you don't have the... Uh, Abu's accent, or you know, yeah, no, I'm not. I, so where I grew up, I, I grew up in a different kind of neighborhood. So you know, there's a lot of people from a lot of different areas. Yeah, you, know, you got your Italians, you got your Canadians, you got Jamaicans, Trinidad, Persians, Indians. Yeah, like, Canada is very, very multicultural. Toronto is extremely multicultural, and there's a lot of Canadians out here. Yeah, a you lot. Know, yeah, they're, they're a little hard to find because you know. I don't know. Well, because you can't really distinguish if they're Canadian or not until you talk to them. A hundred percent. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so like, uh, Renique, he's Canadian. I don't know if you remember. He's a fitness trainer out here, but he's actually Jamaican. Okay. But he's actually lived in Canada most of his life. Where? Uh, 
what was it? I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong place. Yeah, it might be Vancouver. But Danielle, the one I just showed you, yeah. she's from I think Toronto. They're from near the closest. They went to the same school or something like okay, that. No yeah, they, and then uh, I met another chick. She came to my talk at, at Dojo Sales Power. I don't know if you know it. I did a couple talks. Uh, one was on Sales Power. Well, two of them were on Sales Power, but one was in Ubud, and then one over here at Dojo. Nice. And uh, she came up to me, and, but she's actually Nigerian, but she's Canadian. Like yeah. she like her family's from there, but she's basically born and raised in Canada. And you hear a lot of those stories. Yeah, like that. and so there's a lot of Canadians here, but you don't know until you talk to them. But that's what's great about going to school. Like I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the public school system, mm-hmm. not only because I, I, I believe that our education is still, you know, have quite a high standards, so you're getting what you need. But you interact and you're forced to interact with people of so many different walks of life. Right. And that really, really helped my personality. That really helped my growth. That helped my interaction or my ability. Or I still have inabilities to talk to certain people. But, you know, being forced into kind of that demographic of socialization is just, you know, and you help build yourself. You help build yourself. Right. And you do, you know, high school, you do elementary school, whatever, and then university, college, so many different, different you know, opportunities to meet people of different areas. And even in university, you know, you have international students. So what was life like growing up in um, Toronto for you? Um, Like, where's where's your family or uh, originally ethnic ethnic background from? So my mom, my mom and all seven of her siblings were born in Uganda, um, as well as her parents. Uh, Unfortunately, they had to flee when Idi Amin um, had his little episode. Uh, obviously, I'm sugarcoating it. It wasn't very little. Yeah. Um, no, but... I just had a brother here from. He was he he lives in China now, but he's from. Uh, was it Uganda? No, uh, uh, somewhere in in, in Africa. Okay. But in, he was talking about the xenophobia and showing me that the thing. And we actually went to Gully Island. I'm not Gully. Um, Gilly Island. Let's get Gully. We went to Gilly Island. I met him at the Kuala Lumpur during the visa run, and he was coming to Bali. Uh, and he's he's like been four years a student in uh, in China, oh. right? Getting ready to finish up, and so he just like took a journey. We ended up like connecting like in line, and then he his seat was like right in the same aisle as mine on the same side. Yeah. And so we ended up chopping up, but then I like introduced my friends out here. He came to Gilly, had a so, great time. But we were talking about like, you know, the life life over there, and like it's a really good podcast. I can't wait till that one drops, right? But he was talking about like the different governmental things and oh. life, and just like how life is rough and precious, and and just what that experience was like. Mm, so for sure, um, it's funny because like I'm not a huge advocate of movies that kind of try and uh, recreate or mm-hmm. reinform individuals of what the situation was. But the last King of Scotland was. According to my whole family and even my grandparents, was probably the most accurate representation of how bad it was at that time. Wow! And I, I was actually really surprised because you assume that everyone embellishes things, but yeah, they they went through a really 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 hard time. But luckily enough, you know, um, my eldest uncle was able to take them to Tanzania and then from Tanzania to Scotland and then from Scotland to Canada. Oh, and eventually okay. brought the whole family. Zimbabwe. So yeah, he's from, yeah, so from Zimbabwe to China. He's episode number nine. If you guys want to check out this, his episode is amazing. Um, you know, so we just talked about like how important it is like to be able to travel, and then there's limitations yeah. on the African visas, like to where they can go. Huge, huge, yeah, huge, huge. Yeah. But I was telling him like there's there's different political strategies that 
that you can do to to get access to other types of visas. Okay. And, and, so and this, the whole reason they were able to get to Scotland right. was because my eldest uncle went to medical school there, mm. and because they went to medical school, medical school there, and the UN had ties to Tanzania, they were smuggling residents of Uganda to Tanzania so that they could fly from Tanzania to Scotland. Wow! So yeah. he was able to join, you know, both UN connections and, you know stop the genocide or save those who are affected by that by that genocide and you know use those channels to pretty much get his seven siblings and his parents out of the country basically his, yeah. his progeny like his future generations yeah, you know right? wow so your mother is uh ugandan ugandian so originally 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 oh, i think okay. so her parents both of her parents were born in uganda but her parents parents on both sides were from north india kutch Okay, there. That's what yeah. I was when I first seen you. I thought definitely Indian influence. Yeah, yeah. so there's definitely lineage in my right. in my family, uh, and then my dad is from Esfahan, Iran. Um, oh, yeah, okay. so he was born and raised there, and he fled when Ayatollah Khomeini had wow, his so both episode. your parents had to go through some families yeah. had to go through some traumatic. Yeah. So wow. My dad's uh, parents, my grandparents. Um, so he has two sisters, but he was the only one that they. Uh, Kind of funded and helped get out of the country because he was he was literally at the border of the age restriction where he ha- was forced to go. So I think he was, no mistaken, under a month before his birthday. Were he to go to the military or? Yeah, he was forced to like, right yeah. when, um, when they had the the whole coup when it was the Iran Iraq War. Wow. Um. So everyone and I think it was fifteen or sixteen years old was forced to enlist. So I think it was thirty days before his birthday. They flew him to Canada. Wow. Yeah. You know, and this is the thing too, like I have, a, I have an episode coming up too. This is another brother from the US and uh, he lives in Thailand. I'm actually, hopefully I'll meet up with him when he goes to Thailand, but uh, <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, basically how saving, how traveling can save your life. And so I, I just posted like a little bit of the trailer, like a shot that we did promo. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people I interviewed another gentleman, Kung, who actually worked for water.org and raised over $2 million to provide access to water. Not, not even like quality waters, access to water, people who didn't have access to water. Which, when you're from North America, or even like... You take it for granted. So much for granted. Yeah. And it's I'll, becoming an issue here in Bali, actually. Access to water? Yeah, access to clean water, well water, just wow. water in general. Yeah. There are serious, um, serious pockets in Bali that are actually completely deprived of it. Wow. Yeah. And it's the influx of tourists that are coming and actually just staying here. So your expat community is it's almost outgrowing the water. domestic population. Yeah. And it's a serious, serious issue because right. they don't have the infrastructure to accommodate the, the capacity. Growth. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and like locals don't really use as much water as we do, right? You know, they right. don't necessarily rely on hot water. We're used to higher levels of consumption. Right. Yeah. Higher yeah. levels of living. Yeah, and it's interesting because Bali has balanced me out a lot, you know, has balanced a lot of us out a lot who come from that. And, um, but yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much that we take for granted. Uh, you know, I was just like mind boggled because I was thinking, okay, what, what, I met Kung at the Big Forum networking event too, which is like an unconference conference. Uh, I think Queen Sophia was talking about it on Sunday. They had this, and there's like 16 experts. You, you find the ones that you want to go listen to. And then it's not like you sit there and listen. It's like a mastermind kind of thing. People are participating. It was a really great event. And um, 
he was talking about, oh, they had someone say, okay, let's, we're going to start this off by introducing yourself and like, you know, what you're passionate about or whatever. And so you get, you get to kind of find out what yeah. people were into. And I was like, oh, water. That's so rare that you'd actually have someone specializing in water or making a life commitment to water. And then so my first thing Why is, yeah, and so I'm real big into like quality of water. I didn't have to worry about access to water. So, I mean, at one point I was paying like uh, $3 a gallon for this highly sophisticated water. This is very, this is like stripped, vortex both ways, remineralized, crystals, like all this stuff. So like, it's just like super hydration water, right? <laughs> so everybody, yeah, same kind of idea, product okay. from Vancouver, and he's out here in Bali trying to promote it and bring it out. But yeah, they definitely need it out here. Yeah. yeah. The main issue is just where the water is, the initial source of water. Right. right. That's the main, main, main issue. Yeah. And then how do you turn that into clean water? Right. Yeah. So that's, there's like the evolution of having access to water to cleaning the water and then purifying the water and then getting exactly. better quality water, right? Exactly. And so when I heard him talking about the water, I was like, oh, I would definitely want to like talk to him, a very interesting person. Just anytime anyone is actually um into something that we take for granted that seems so basic but is super advanced sure. i'm interested in that person yeah. because they're like way beyond you know something that we just take for granted oh it's just water no it's not just water what water really is it's like really powerful yeah. you know and mystical um so anyways we did, we did a, a podcast and um he was ex- describing like his work with water.org and <clears throat> helping governments <clears throat> to find financing options to supply access to water so he was telling me people sometimes have to work you know, a whole day, like just to get water and come back and yeah. barely just have enough just to, Sorry. for the day, just to wash clothes. And, and we can't even imagine these, these type of things. So, you know, we, we take all these things for granted and... You definitely have a privileged life. Yeah, you know, and um, sometimes that, we take that for granted too, Yeah. right? Um, so you're in Toronto, you're, you know, living life and then you, you go to school well, to be for architecture. Yeah, I mean, like that whole part of me even getting to architecture is like a it's the next level but that it was uh i'd say everything that i kind of experienced and suffered through and had to witness oh, yeah, and let's get whatever into that, right that's really what got me to where i am now if it wasn't for these built up uh, emotions these built up situations these like everything that pretty much just happened let's talk about that if you're okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, it was, it was def- definitely. Um, my parents were divorced before I was born. Oh. Okay. Um, so yeah, my dad didn't even come to the hospital. Like my, from what I remember, or from what I was told, you know, my aunts picked up, or my mom's sisters picked her up, and they went to their house. It was that whole kind of thing, and. Um, so do you have a relationship with your father now, or is he you never? Yeah, no, no. I. It was a, It was very tumultuous, very back and forth. Um, he got cancer, my mom took him back. He was abusive alcoholic. Um, not very good memories of growing up. Um, you know, I think I went to something like 22 schools in 12 years. Wow. Uh, I was moving houses, schools, districts, area codes, regions mm. every four to six to eight months. I don't wow. think I lived in the house for more than a year. Was in courts year? every year. Was your mom a Pisces? Uh, June 20th. Oh, June 20th, okay. Yeah. From Pisces. Pisces are known to move around a lot. Oh, it's both of them, though. Right? Oh, so, both? Oh, yeah, they yeah both winter death birthday. August 13th. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they yeah. both moved around. They both, wow. you know, based off their living conditions, work conditions, whatever. We didn't, 
uh, definitely didn't have money growing up. Uh, you know, when my dad had cancer, there was like eight people in a one bedroom apartment and like ghetto of Toronto, Victoria Park and Pharmacy. Um, you know, car gets broken into every single night. So you were living night. in a nice part of Toronto. Definitely not. No. I definitely, You're living definitely, yeah. in the, the gully part of Toronto. 100%. <laughs> not 100%. the gilly, the gully part of Toronto. 100%. Yeah. yeah, that didn't change until maybe I was, uh, I think, 14. Okay. Um, mom finally found somebody better, nicer. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, and yeah. you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we went here and didn't jump over that because <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of the most interesting or challenging parts that we go through can be in our childhood and I went through something similar um, not so much we didn't move around that much but like my father was in and out of prison like I think since I was like five and then got out when I was like in my teens and then didn't really we didn't run even close today so really? no and then like as Did I try and make connections when you came out? yeah yeah but just definitely institutionalized um, and so what happens like when I was like what I learned through the process of like discovering myself right not not from because when you're younger you don't you're really just shaped by your experiences and exactly. your environment right until you begin like yourself your self journey of like who you really are yeah. um, outside of that those will always be a part of you but you're you don't you're not those you can you develop your own sense of self outside of that For sure. and you can you know you definitely realize that also like as you grow up you unconsciously inherit certain behaviors you unconsciously inherit certain mm -hmm. emotions right you know certain responses even yeah. you know yeah a simple Definitely. thing like uh, an aggressive reaction you know to one person might have one consequence and to another person another consequence but they could be complete polar opposite right right and i think that's that's really how i started to really just take a step back and not look at my surroundings not look at you know the people i'm interacting with but just really look at like me mm -hmm. like literally like who am I? What am I doing? How am I acting? How am I behaving? Why am I doing these certain things? What are causing me to do these things? Like really just be like, at the end of the day, I wake up, I wake up by myself. I'm the one breathing. I'm the one showering. I'm the one that's putting food into my mouth so that I can survive and fuel the day. I'm the one that has to clothe myself and shave or whatever. You like, make every decision. Yeah, right? Make. You don't it's not a program, it's not set, it's not automated, it's not, it's not any of that. Everything and anything is, is completely and entirely dictated by yourself. And then right. like, these things compile and these things create different kind of um, memories and like, you know, whether it's high school memories or university memories or whatever it is, you kind of take a look back and you're like, well, why did I do that? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? Why did I do this? Yeah, one of, one of my um, metaphysician uh, teachers talks about like how you know like with when it comes to like life it's in like decoding and all that stuff yeah. right it's so we live life forward but we understand it backwards yeah and it's like fuck because it's like just like things i'm like ah now like i'm looking back rewinding it i'm like oh i can see but when you're going through it there's just things that you can't see like you it's like you live it forward but then you understand it backwards right and it's also like that situation where it's like it's not that you can't see it it's that you don't want to see it Part of the idea, yeah. yeah. Again, it's like those yeah, that's part of the behaviors too. where it's like, yeah. I know how that emotion feels like, I know that I experienced it, but I don't want to experience it again. So I'm going to choose to not yeah. give it attention. I'm going to right. choose to not you know, fuel the fire. Right. right. And all of these things is what helped me or pushed me or encouraged me and kind of excite me to really think about meditation. Mm -hmm. And that whole situation was 
it was very very unique but you know the main thing that i learned from it was monkey mind our minds are it's like we just, we can define it as being monkey minds right think about it if if you were to imagine your mind as being the sky okay mm -hmm. in a perfect world there would be no clouds you get full sunshine it's a beautiful day it's peaceful it's calm it's ideal right but you can't control how many clouds come you can't control can't control what the size of those clouds are but they still travel through the sky and they come in patches and they come in spurts and they come in whatever mm -hmm. now if you were to you know uh, define these clouds as let's say a memory or a thought or an emotion or whatever right so it's, it's coming into your peripheral it's coming into your space and it's making you feel a certain way but if you can understand that if you really compare it to the sky no cloud is ever in the same space it's never in the same location it's never the same size it's never the same color like it's that. never the same anything yeah, that's good. so if things can move fluidly like that why is it that your thoughts can because thoughts are just thoughts right they're literally just thoughts True. they're not physically moving your hands they're not physically moving your lips it's just a thought and then in our brain we you know we conjure up this next hole oh, I'm gonna get revenge or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do and this there's even chemical reactions right? your biceps producing chemical right. based but it's that initial spark yeah it's like I, I just need the trigger so the trigger can be right you know it doesn't even need to be a memory it could be like you're somewhere and somebody else does something but it triggers you mm -hmm. to feel something else and then you go and do you know right. a subsequent reaction right right but it's really 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 understanding that not only the human body but the human mind is an unbelievably powerful entity mm. you know it's corny when i tell people i'm like if you can't wrap your heads around it watch the movie limitless it's stupid but that's pretty much what it is mm -hmm. there's nothing saying that we can't achieve those higher levels of knowledge or information or understanding but we ourselves also think into like social situations and imagery and you know this and this and this and this we have our own set of boundaries we have our own set of restrictions we have our own set of you know obstacles that we think are um, undefeatable right which is untrue right right and you see so many success stories of people going like I grew up like this 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 this, this and then now I have this yeah okay so you recognized it you overcame it you acknowledged it that's the main thing so like when you have when you have anxiety so anxiety is like a storm in your head it's a thunderstorm okay <clears throat> you recognize it you see it and the main thing is that you need to acknowledge it I know you're there okay mm -hmm. I can see you're there I can feel you're there but guess what you happened it was done there's nothing in my peripheral that's making me want that to happen again so why are you still here? Just, just. So it's like you're you're confronting yourself in your mind, and that's what you have right. to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You have to confront right. yourself, like you said. Like we, we create our own obstacles. Definitely. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. If you can't confront yourself, who is? You're never gonna find your ideal double. Mm -hmm. You can find people that can stimulate you and have conversation with you and help you maybe like subconsciously create a new channel or a new direction or a new frame of mind 
but no one's ever going to be like, yo, I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to tell you everything that you need to do to be happy. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not possible. That's yeah. not realistic. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, it's like <clears throat> the answer is, is you. It's inside of you, um, you know, connecting back. And I like that because it's like a lot of, even like last night at the Life Cafe, um, Esmia, she was on YouTube with the Sound Healing Bowls. She did a talk, like one of her first talks, and she was nervous, but she did great. But after, afterwards, when we were talking, like they do, like, you know, people can ask questions and things like that. A lot of the questions that kept coming up was like the monkey mind. And I, I, you know, I struggle with just getting started and all that stuff. And I was telling you outside, like, you know, when I shared a comment, I was sharing with them a couple things, which is basically um, when I very, when I started, started, like, I wasn't even a teen, I started meditating. <clears throat> Um, I remember like I was like asking my friend one of my friends uh, father was like you know like how do you mention whatever and he said he's like it's just you just keep trying it's like an intention you know you may not happen but if you keep trying eventually like you'll connect and then that's what happened and so over the years you know I've been off and on and you know you lose momentum your own momentum noise just that's part of a whole other challenge um, but it's really like just setting that intention like to, to connect with with uh, with the meditation and finding that and then but you're ultimately you're learning about yourself yeah. right and that's why I like what you're saying about the monkey mind is you know basically you're just uh, you're facing yourself and you're facing the different parts of your mind you know and, and a lot of people struggle with that yeah. with the monkey mind I think it's, it's really articulating and of a very basic straightforward way of what is the monkey mind like, mm. You know, for instance, I give you the example of the sky and the clouds. I like that. Yeah, you know, that's good. There's another one where it's like, imagine you have a magazine. This is the magazine of your life, right? You'll never have a magazine open to a certain page every day for the rest of your life. And if you affiliate a page to one of these emotions or these situations, you're just turning the page. Mm -hmm. You're never on one page forever, right? You define when do you turn that page? How long am I going to look at that page? What is that page going to do for me? It's the same thing, just looking through a magazine. So let's say someone's like, and I, you know, me, I've been there before, but I hear a lot of people say like, ah, oh, I try, my mind is just, uh, you know. know. Just, they, and it's, it's self-restriction. Okay. Right? You're, you're afraid to, and, and this, is, this was 100% me. Right. One, I, so I'm 32 now. Mm -hmm. I started meditating or really, really focusing on it. When I say really focus on it, I, I shifted my balance of life. So... Before it was 70% work, or no, that's not true. It was 50% work, 35% fiance, 15% other shit. And other shit included family, friends, whatever. But that was my life. Yeah. That's how I, I worked. I went and I shipped that to 20% work, 35% fiance, almost like 40% meditation because I was going through a serious decline. I knew that my relationship with her wasn't working, I knew my relationships with everyone wasn't working, and it wasn't anybody's fault. Right. It was my fault. But it was, it was about behavioral acceptance, and not, not even acceptance, behavioral realization that I'm messing things up. Mm. I'm messing projects up. And I think that's, that's the key right there, is like taking responsibility for how your reality is operating. That's the key. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, then that's when you really can lose control. Because, yeah. you know, like, where we grew up in North America, you can't get fired for no reason, right? You have a job. Most Your boss can't come to you and be like, Sahan, you're fired. Oh, right. Why? Because I don't fucking like you. Mm -hmm. No, that doesn't happen. You didn't show up to work. 
you swore in front of a customer, you messed up a uh, project, you lost us money, you stole from us. There are reasons that cause consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And our actions dictate what those reasons were. What did you do wrong, right? right? Obviously, you know, not 100% of everything is your fault. Maybe you have a client that is aggressive with you and you're just trying to defend yourself, yeah. But everything has a situation, everything has an explanation. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. It's like, you know, no one will react unless you give them a reason to react. Right. right? But that, again, it comes from yourself. Right. Like it, it's truly yourself. Right? And I was subconsciously meditating my whole life. I didn't even know what meditation was. Mm-hmm. I would intentionally, if a situation happened... Or well, like, how, would, how would you describe meditation? For me, the simplest, simplest, simplest way is sitting by yourself in a space that is entirely quiet. But when I say quiet, I don't mean quiet from nature or quiet from things that you can't control. Like you can't control so the difference chirping. between the difference between quiet and silent. Yeah. Right? So right. there's a difference. You, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So I can stay in silence myself, my my physical body, my yeah. movement, my actions, I can be silent. But you're still gonna hear the wind, you're still gonna hear the leaves blow, you're still gonna hear birds, you're gonna hear dogs, you're gonna hear things. Right. Right. But for me, meditation, and this is really, really what helped me, was that sitting by yourself, sitting by yourself in complete silence, and just listening to everything and anything that you allow your senses to. So, allowing my other senses to become more active. Like I want to feel, I want to feel my fingers. I want to feel the blood coursing through my fingertips. I want to feel the wind brush against my hair or my eyebrows. Or mm-hmm. I want to feel what a blanket or a pillow or a cushion or whatever feels on my skin. I want to feel the pain I have in my knees. I want to feel, you know, be present. Be present. Mm-hmm. How cold is it? How warm is it? How wet is it? Whatever it is, right? Just be present. And the more I became present, the more I allowed my mind to not only bring back things that bothered me, but allow them to stay for that momentary time and try and cope with it and try and deal with it. You know, I have this taunting memory of my seventh birthday and my dad beating the shit out of my mom. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's not, I'm not saying that I hold it or carry it with me, but yeah, do I like my birthday? No. Mm-hmm. Do I do I not like it because I'm uh, for other reasons? No, I don't like it because it just reminds me of a really bad that's time right, in my life right. when my dad hurt my mom bad, and that's just how I spent that day. So for me, it's like it's not a great day, right? Right. And then I also think about like, what is a birthday anyways? Birthday is just a day you're born, big fucking deal. Right. Right. <laughs> Technically, every day well, you wake I, up, I, you're if you born. If you go deeper into it, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is really all commerce based, yeah. commercial driven. So it just gives people to another reason for them to spend, to spend more money and consume. So, I was going to say at the end of that was that every day you wake up is the day you're born. Right, exactly. And so you need to appreciate every day, you know, appreciate the fact that I'm taking the time with you right now to sit and have a conversation about right. this, right? Because it means something. You know, a hundred people may listen to it, but one person will have an effect on it. It's better than nothing. It's better than staying quiet. Right. Let's talk about your journey too, like how, like where were you? Because you know, <clears throat> what 
before you do that, but like, what what role would you say your environment plays on on you or on each individual? Like their their mindset, their stress levels, their spirituality. Do you think that environments have hundred percent right? Well, I lived in Toronto. It's a yeah. very robust, you know, efficient, busy rat race of a city, right? And it's only been developing you know, exponentially. Um, so I do like architecture interior design industry that I work in it's very demanding it's very you know attentive mm-hmm. you know, quality is at the utmost important especially when you have clients of high stature um, you combine that with you know responsibilities with your family responsibilities with yourself responsibilities with a significant other mm-hmm. responsibilities to your friends right. like you know so you just you're compounding you're compounding and then of course you know you have expenses and you have to pay taxes and you have to do right, this and you have right. to do this and then okay you want to go out but then you have to afford that and you have to afford exactly. this so it's just like you know you're you have in so many different directions yeah, yeah. Right? like where you can't even just say okay I'm going to focus on one direction right. no it's everything has a branch everything is leaching on to something else they're all interconnected it's yeah. just it's a big clusterfuck of responsibilities right yeah and I definitely bring that up because Part of like my philosophy, what I recommend to people is, you know, if you're struggling, right, um, try different things, you know, like try different environments, like try to change. We talked about like quiet and silence. So one of my things is I have a, a talk that I do about an experience called 330 Ambition. And 330 Ambition is about the process I went through when I started to wake up at 330 a.m. in the morning. And what I went through in the process of being able to accomplish that, how much my monkey mind was telling me all this craziness. And then when I actually did it, I overcome all these obstacles. And just to make the long story short, um, when I was trying to wake up, like I had an excuse where I was thinking about getting my shoes on and I'd fall back asleep or whatever, right? But the way that I conquered it and eliminated all excuses, I went to bed with my jumpsuit on and my running shoes underneath my blankets and sheet. So as soon as the alarm went off, I just got up and ran. No excuse. Exactly. And so the, the thing that happened was I had uh, the most amazing productive day like ever. And I was like, my mind was telling me all the stuff that wasn't true, mm. right? Um, but what happens about 330 Ambition is that it's more than just, uh, well, there's a lot of things that are magically that are happening. It's silent, it's quiet, right? So, and I go into this whole thing about finding advantages for your life, mm. right? And that gave me such a huge advantage. Uh, an unfair advantage, right? Because I blew away all the records and stuff, and people I, where I was working and people that I was cheating and all that stuff. But the reality was, um, it was more than that. Because at three thirty in the morning, because it's quiet and the planets are aligning, and there's, there's different celestial energies coming in, like the prime mover and all this stuff that you can connect with. But it's quiet, and I was getting so much more done um, in a few days than people were doing, like in weeks, right? And and I'm. I'm not only was I awake, but I didn't have to drink coffee because my body was awake. I was exercising, meditating, visualizing, uh, going over my goals. Natural endorphins. Yeah. And so I, I, didn't, I stopped drinking like, coffee and energy drinks, and I had more energy and started fasting. But there was also a spiritual element of where you can f- t- tap in and, and get access to anything that you want in your life, whether it's a healing or fixing any type of problem. Why? Because it's so quiet. Right, so like the animal, like yeah, some animals are up, but most people are sleeping. You don't have the traffic. You don't have the pressure of like checking the e- email and the internet and buses and stuff running. So even in even in the worst, like more busier environments, that was a way that I found to create an advantage and an opportunity for myself to create time and to create space. Um, and so that was like a major breakthrough. Sure. But going back to the quiet versus silent, 
it was so quiet the monumental simplicity that it we helps take granted. your environment helps like with because your your mind is being impacted by your environment so if you can find even in some of the craziest environments shit even in prison I'm sure there's a time where everyone's just like sleep where if you stayed up and meditated like that would you'd be able to connect they already have experiments going down in the US where they're forcing inmates to do meditation wow and I can't, off the top of my head, I can't specifically tell right, you right, right. anything, but I've seen videos, you know, of ex-murderers, gangsters, things like this, and, you know, they found tranquility in meditation. They mm-hmm. said, med- meditation, I was reluctant to even try it two, three years ago, but now I'm sitting here and I feel like I'm a whole different person. I right. feel like, you know, I have no need to be aggressive. I have no need to behave the way I did before because now I've taken the time to have a conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. I've come up I've had a conversation that came up with a conclusive positive you know conclusion right and I, I think a lot of it too like with meditation is we talked about that well you know with with everything being in the mind and then you know the fight or flight yeah, you know and so like if you have a thought like you said a cloud that's just passing through but if you don't look at it as a cloud just passing through you're looking at it like this is permanent great things and they flood or whatever then your your body starts to produce chemicals that are relating to what's stressing you yeah. out and then you start operating a lot of all these things that are not really happening in your mind, and then you start to make them become true. Yeah. Versus... Um, you create anxiety and depression for yourself. Absolutely. Right? So it's all happening in the mind. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately, uh, you know, where meditation can help you to that realization and connecting. It's, like, sure. hey, it's all happening in my mind, and I can change that. For sure. You know? And then, but even, before, like, my thing is preventative. Right, let's get to like how. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm just saying yeah. a daily practice can make it preventative, meaning sure. that but you don't have to wait till it's so crazy that. Here's the thing though meditation isn't something that you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. You know True. I mean? True, it's, yeah. It actually requires, and this is, and I think this is the main, um, what's the right word? But it's like, it's the main issue with okay. people who say they want to explore or, you know, learn more about meditation. You can't just wake up and say, I'm going to meditate, or this is what meditation is going to do for me. It's, it's not a pill. It's not a solution. It's not a guarantee. It's not anything. You literally have to have the intention. Right. And the intention is as simple as like a few phrases that I'll give you. It's like, if I said, I know, let go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's look into that. <laughs> I know what's happening. I can see what's happening. I realize what's happening. Fuck it, let it go. Mm-hmm. But it has to be as simple as that. Like, it literally has to be so, as simple as that. You can't be like, but, but, no. No. If you say but, that means you're not letting it go. Right. That means you're reminiscing, you're keeping Still it inside, you're, you're holding it in, you're creating a memory, you're creating an emotion, you're creating a feeling. I know, let go. Mm. Right? And then if I said to you... So would that be like a mantra? Yeah. Yeah. And then if I said something to you, you know, it is as it is. Mm. Okay, it is as it is, and that can be affiliated to almost any and every situation that you encounter. You go to work, you have a bad day. Okay, it is what it is. It's not going to affect how I react to my wife, or my kids, or my mom, or my siblings, or my friends. I'm not going to take that baggage with me. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it. Life is life, and you can't dictate, determine, or force anybody else in this world to behave or react a certain way to you, or else you're a dictator. We're human, and you have to realize that we are all human. Right. We all have flaws. We all have predispositions. We all have emotions. We all have memories. Yes, if you're lucky enough to, you know, find your perfect 
you know, communicative partner, great. But you just have to assume that, you know, everything is as it is. Life is as it is. We can do things every morning we wake up to change certain things, but there's certain things we can't change, and we just have to be okay with that. Well, yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, I would say that the, and like I told you about the, you know, one of the things that I came up recently that I actually got from Esmia, uh, about the non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So about having the commitment to yourself, the commitment to your self-care, the commitment to doing the things that um, are going to increase your well-being, right? Exactly. And, and that's what I would lead that path down to saying that preventative is more about just putting your health and your wellness and your mind state first. For sure. And yeah, you can't control, you know, what's the outcome of the team. Yeah, but it's more like the intention, yeah, right? And and so, um, you know, definitely, you know, nail nail that one down as far as. So I have this tattoo. It's yeah. called the Unagume. Okay. It's a, a Thai uh, sakya. Oh. Many many people have it. Mm-hmm. Not many people know what it actually is because they just see the symbol and yeah. they're like, oh, I want it. But I'll read you definitely. what the excerpt yeah. of the Unagume means. Um, it is a symbol for the journey to enlightenment. I personally love the symbol as it reminds us that the path isn't always straight, perfect, or even in the right direction. Our paths to awakening are filled with missteps, lessons to learn, and suffering. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the fundamentals of meditation. When I say, I know let go, or it is as it is, this is directly correlated to the Unalume, because the Unalume is essentially your birth, and in every minute of every day that you wake up and you experience life, you're going through a journey. Mm. You don't know when you're going to have obstacles, you don't know when you're going to have hurdles, you don't know when you're going to have this or this or this or this, but these are all trials and tribulations that you either can let affect you or, you know, fight above it, become, you know, free and powerful right right so it's, are you going to get defeated or are you going to conquer it right and this is life right. but eventually you'll find a balance you'll eventually find you know this is what makes me happy right i knew that living in toronto wasn't making me happy i right. knew that living in this rat race wasn't making me happy right. and that's exactly why like, i came out here in the u.s yeah. it just wasn't making me happy and i'm sure you know like myself you've been fortunate enough to travel around the world you've seen some beautiful places mm-hmm. but there are just some places that you know you really resonate to that really right. allow you to think differently that allow you to harness different you know feelings and emotions and bali is definitely a karmic island it definitely it definitely has some strange strange powers here yeah and that's that's been a topic too that i love to talk about i'm still brand new i've only been here four months you know, going to Thailand in a couple of weeks. But, you know, there's definitely um, an energy here that you can tap into or that exists that very synchronistic. A lot of things synchronistically are happening quickly or even manifesting quickly. Um, but you also can lose, it also can be the reverse. Like if you're not balancing your energy, you can get thrown off track really fast as well. For sure. um, Do you have the willpower to realign yourself to, you know, take right. a step back and like, okay. I had my fun, now I need to do this. Right. Yeah. And um, I think it would be great, too. I wanted to, to tap into, like, the experience of... Because I, I, that, that was inspired that, you know, you were in Toronto, you had everything, had a lot of things working for you, 
what we what we may value as you know like an, a good ideal situation um, economically and, and all that stuff but internally you know you weren't happy no, and, and you exactly was share with the like we showed me about like how you just like I'm just buy a ticket like you know you just decided yeah. to go I so thought that was very inspirational first time I went to Thailand was about uh, three years ago and uh, I was really going through a really really, really dark spell mm-hmm. um, I still had my fiance at that time and I didn't really tell anybody I think it was it was Saturday night maybe around 11 p.m. I just kind of said fuck it I, I need some quiet I need some peace I need to really I need to really really understand like what's my purpose what's my life what what's going on take the time for myself and I said okay I don't need a vacation I need to actually learn something I need to do something so looked into different places in the world India uh, Cambodia Tibet um, I ended up coming across always coming back to Thailand uh, um, you know, just you, kept appearing kept yeah, resonating with for some you. reason there was something about Thailand where I was like okay if I'm going to do this I'm going to get the best information from there I don't know why or what mm-hmm. my justification was but my whole thing was, I need to leave, and I need to leave now. So it's 11 o'clock Saturday night. I'm doing, like, basic research, whatever. By 6 a.m. Sunday morning, I had already had a round-trip flight to Thailand. Wow. I ended up leaving Tuesday morning. So booked the flight at 6 a.m. Sunday. I left Tuesday morning at 4.30 a.m., and I didn't tell anybody. Mm. I didn't tell a single person. And it was just really about you... In your own personal mission, yeah, yeah. So I packed the backpack. I had no fundamental electronics. I had no nothing. I literally took my bare necessities, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go and figure this out. Got to the airport, and it really didn't sink in until my mom happened to call me because she thought I was going to work. Yeah, she thought I was going to work. So she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna call him early. You know, just before he even leaves to go to work, whatever." Like, oh, let's go to India. I'm, like, I'm actually boarding a plane right now to go to Thailand. Like, when are you coming back? I'm, I didn't tell her I had a return ticket, but I said I, I have a one way ticket. Mm-hmm. She's freaking out, you know, motherly instincts, whatever. I go there. I didn't even have a hotel book, I had nothing booked. I flew to Phuket. Um, as I got out of the airport, I got a SIM card, then I booked a hotel. After that first night, I kind of figured everything else out. I wanted to get a lay of the land, I wanted to talk to the locals, I wanted to figure out whatever. No, you said something, you didn't take any of, like, no electronics, like, none of your... I took my phone and a charger. No laptop. No laptop, no, no camera, no nothing. I took my phone. And so your... iPhone at that time, I think it was a 5. And so your round trip was for how long? Two weeks? So, I did it for uh, 60 days because I got the visa. I applied for the online visa. So I got the 60-day visa. But I actually didn't use it because I stayed and then I ended up flying out and then I came back just because I didn't want to do the whole immigration thing. I said, right. I'm going to fly out. Um, but yeah, I ended up canceling that flight and then a whole bunch of things happened. I got robbed and... It was a journey. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely an experience. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely definitely an experience. But what really was the important part in that whole trip was that I happened to come across a Vipassana uh, little retreat. And for, and for people that don't know, because I mean, it's more common out here. Like I did a silent retreat out here, okay. but it wasn't the Vipassana. It Mine was wasn't a, uh, silent oh. either. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a Vipassana uh, meditation uh, um, retreat. So Because is, isn't some of them are more disciplined or more strict than others? Yeah, but that yeah. that's the level that you are at. Right. It's an individual journey. It's an individual 
progressive escalation. So like, what is Vispana? Vispana is essentially like the, the process of understanding and feeling the human body. Uh, you know, every one of the meditation um, sessions, either verbally or internally, should start with the basic practice of, you know, controlling your breath, being aware of your breath, realizing your breath. Like, the breath is the fundamental, most singular, important piece of life and meditation. Exactly. If you're not controlling your breath, you're hyperventilating, you're this, you're this, you're this, right. you're this, you're this. So control your breath. Once you've established that control, then you go towards different parts of your body and you're going through like a, you're going through like a, um, like a computer, you're checking each one of your components. Okay, right. I can feel my shoulders, I can feel my arms, I can feel my biceps, I can right. feel my fingers. And this can take five minutes, so this can take 20 minutes of just identifying your body. Right. Like right. I feel a shooting pain in my right index finger, but you're sitting there in a singular position with your eyes closed because again, now you're controlling your breath, right? Mm -hmm. We know what the power of the breath can do, mm -hmm. right? Right. And um, what's it called sub-zero temperature, you can control your breath so that you don't get hypothermia, mm -hmm. right? And it's the same thing when you're when you're hyperventilating. They say you know what is it? Uh, five breaths in, hold for four seconds, let out for six seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. And do this three four times. You can counteract your uh, anxiety attack. Right. Right. So it's the same thing. Once you control your breath, then you are now entering into a meditative state. You're not meditating, you've opened the door. You mm -hmm. took your shoes off, you came into the space, you've, you're letting yourself kind of experience what's happening next, right? And the first time, the second time, the fifth time, the 10th time, the 20th time, you may not be able to be able to do that. You might get anxious, fidgety, you're moving, your knees hurt, your bum hurts, whatever, mm -hmm. but it's a progression, right? And this is why you need to just identify with you yourself as you, a person, as a human being, okay? Like feeling your arms, feeling your legs, feeling your muscles, feeling everything. Once you've done that, once you've gotten some sort of control or understanding or, yeah, understanding of what's going on, then you can start saying, okay, I have this mansion in my head with a million doors and every door has a memory and emotion, whatever it is that's bothering me. Which door am I opening today? Mm -hmm. How am I going to... Do I, do I want to open this door? Should I open this door? Which ones are more important or pertinent to me? Which ones are opening automatically? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you can be thinking about one thing and then the complete polar opposite thought comes into your head and you're like, okay, well... First, your first reaction is like, does this have anything to do with this? Mm -hmm. But once you've kind of understood that nothing is related to one another, it's just an influx of information that's completely unorganized, unorganized and uncontrollable. So you said that's the monkey mind? That's the monkey mind, right? right? Yeah. You can go open doors, but sometimes a hundred doors could open at the same time and you're like, <laughs> fuck. Right, because it's like you want to focus on one thing, but you have all these yeah. other things opened up. Right. But then that's just showing you, okay, you're dealing with something. What are you dealing with now? Mm. Right. And this is what I started to get. Right. So the person that I was staying with, I stayed for two weeks. He's like, okay, so I'm gonna stay with you for two weeks and I'm sorry to say, like I've had conversations with you and all this things. like, I don't know what to say to help you. I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to stop your suffering. I don't know how to help your pain. Well, so like, let's, let's go back here. So you went to Thailand, but you were suffering. 
Yeah. And you went to Thailand to try to deal with your suffering. So you're looking for ways of trying to learn. I didn't know I was suffering. Uh, I didn't know I was suffering. Uh, I knew that I was unhappy. Okay. I knew I was discontent. I knew that I was angry. I knew that I was volatile. So your intention was to go to learn and meditate when you went to Thailand? Or what was your intention? My intention was to calm my mind down. Got it. Um, I've always been very... um, So like I said, my mom's from Africa. Mm -hmm. Every time I've been lucky enough to go there, it humbles me to the ground. And... I'm always kind of like, I need to, you know, I need to remember what it's like to not have electricity, what it's like to not have running water, what it's not like to have, you know, a grocery store with refrigerated meat, like, you know, when you have a visa card. What do you mean, you got meat? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you want to eat, go get it, it's right there. (laughs) Right. So, it's like this, always humble me down, right? It's like, yeah. Going, I've been, I've been fortunate to travel to some very poor countries and those are the ones that have always humbled me mm-hmm. and again that's something that in my own mind I'm like okay I can correlate these emotions I can correlate these trips I can correlate them to times that I really enjoyed myself whether I was with somebody or not this is what I really liked mm-hmm. so I was like okay well Thailand is definitely not a first world country right far from well yeah, I was in my first experience in a couple of weeks I'm excited so, yeah you'll yeah, have fun yeah, yeah it's definitely. a lot of fun um, and so you were staying with someone and it, it, but they knew that you're trying to find a calmness. Exactly. I, to... I had signed up for this Vipassana retreat. Oh, it was, so it was, was, a, it was a wellness okay. retreat. Gotcha. Okay. Because right? I was like, I was, I was a little reluctant when I first got there. I'm like, okay, I'm, can I go stay with a monk right away? Like, how does it work? I wanted to understand. Right. Like, and this is this is what I want people to understand too. Is like when you set out with an intention. I mean, you you see it like people always say this, but it, it's not so important that it just works out the first time it's a, what's important is that you keep trying you keep discovering you keep yeah. learning and that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom it's like knowledge is someone can say hey this is how you meditate but and this is why I say knowledge is not power I always ask people is knowledge power they're like yeah knowledge is power and I'm like it's no. not knowledge is potential power you have to learn who to become to apply that knowledge when you apply that knowledge there's wisdom in what it takes who you have to become there's ups and downs and, and all this stuff just because you know something doesn't mean that you can actually do it yeah. you have to become another person to actually do it and that's where the wisdom is you know um, and so you know I love the story because it's so real you know and like it's not about like just things working out perfectly it's about never giving up because your intention is so strong sure. that you're going to find an answer you're going to figure it out you know and so what I learned as a subsequent reaction to doing this little retreat was that you can actually do meditation through physical activity. Right, which active really meditation. Excited that's me. what I like, yeah. Because, like, I love sports. Growing really up, I was playing soccer, yeah. football, basketball, yeah. tennis. Golf. Like, golf, golf is an active meditation. Golf is probably one of the most, like, singular identified meditative sports. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not... You don't have a defender, you don't have an opponent, well, you have an opponent, but that opponent isn't in your face, he's right. not creating an obstacle. Right. It's you by yourself, in quiet. Yes. Right? Exactly. So you're standing there, you're feeling the wind, right? Yeah. You, it's, it is meditation. It, it is. is. It is. It uses because, so many fundamental yeah. aspects of it. That it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing too, we, we're going to get into that, but yeah, active versus, uh, like active versus inactive meditations. Yeah. But like with, with golf, just really quick, you know, it's like, you know, you have your, you, you, have, you have your golf swing, you work on that, and then, but the thing is, is that when you're actually going to hit the ball, is that you, you have to learn to hit the ball with your, with your mind, versus like trying to focus on the ball, yeah. it loses, right, and so I love, I love that form of active meditation, I first experienced active meditation, uh, um, either running or swimming for long periods of time, I was on the swim team, yeah. and we were,
were doing like this fundraiser thing, but basically it was like conditioning. But um, I think we did like like 300 laps or something, like just nonstop. And after a while, I went to like this meditative state, like where I was focusing on my breathing, which was the breathing again. And then I had already developed enough like muscle strength, like to just keep going. And at the point it hit that, yeah. and I was just like, wow, like in a meditative state, you know. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Active versus inactive meditation. 100%. So for me, it was basketball. Mm. Basketball, like hundred Jordan in the zone, Kobe. Right, right. Breathing at hundred percent. Like I knew if I wasn't breathing properly, or if I didn't have proper circulation in my body, I wasn't jumping high enough. I wasn't shooting high enough. I didn't have proper arc. I didn't have proper strength in my legs and my knees and everything. But the way they taught it to me was when you did this retreat, you had yoga. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, so yoga is really helping, you know, mesh that bridge. And then I started doing Muay Thai, and Muay Thai is what That's really, 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 really kind of like. Because in the beginning, if you go to like the rural rustic uh, camps, mm-hmm. they started every one of their training sessions with a meditative stretch, oh. right? Okay. So it's almost like a combination of some um, like a hatha yoga or anything mm-hmm. like that, where you're stretching the muscles, but you're being aware of the muscles while you're breathing, mm-hmm. right? But obviously, it's fundamental because if you don't stretch properly, you can't do the moves and right. the behaviors that they're going to teach you, right? right? So it's like you would do this in the beginning and then you would do this in the end, but in the middle, it's like a full cardio exercise, right? You're, you're kickboxing, you're fighting, you're doing this, you're doing this. So it's like combining those three that was really like, it helped me expand my mind. So like I have three different situations, all of them are connected, all of them have similar correspondence, but all three are individually individual. So I'm thinking, okay. Hold that thought real quick, because we're going to go to the next uh, segment. Cool. And we're back. And so we're talking about active inactive meditations. You had just got to Thailand. Yes. So I did did this Vipassana retreat, wellness retreat. Um, They encompassed yoga in that. And then from there, I took the advice of people that were running the facility and I tried Muay Thai. I'm not a fighter, I don't like fighting, so for me it was, I was very reluctant because mm. I'm like, I don't need to punch anything. I don't want to punch anything. I don't want to kill I had another guest, KBZ, he was on here, he lives in Thailand, but he uh, changed his life, yeah. changed his life. Like he was unhealthy, but he's like, I don't know, I'm in Thailand, I'm loving, I'm doing Muay Thai, I lost 25 pounds, and he's like, oh, I miss it. And so like, and I'm like, yeah, I, I haven't been active, like nothing has thrown me out of balance. Because part of the traveling around and, you know, it's like, if you're moving around, it's hard to create that routine exactly. and that up, right? So I haven't been, but I've been doing a lot of the meditation, which is helping. But yes. then I know by having the physical movement also helps too. Right. So but things like running, running is a meditative. Right, right. You can do walking meditation, you can mm-hmm. do running meditation, you can do sitting meditation, you can do lying meditation, you mm-hmm. can do verbal meditation. Right. There's so many different ways. It's all about, again, really having control of your mind. Mm-hmm, absolutely. If you're telling your mind that I want to be in a meditative state, we are going to be in a meditative state. But again, understanding what is it to be meditating. Meditating right. is to acknowledge and let go, mm-hmm. not to reminisce and to um, pretty much just keep going over it in your head. Yeah. Like nothing should ever stay in your head forever. You really have to just let everything go. And that's that's one of the things too, like with. Uh, educational system just a different tangent real quick we'll pop box bounce right back but like when i like really was i kind of yeah when i really started to like wake up like more like aware i was like 
at an early age, I was like, this is retarded. Like, why would I want to hold this type of information in my head? You know? Yeah. Like, dump that stuff out. But keep going. Sure. Just, a, just a short yeah. tangent. I don't want to go way off. Yeah. And I, and then this was my journey in Thailand. But I'm like, okay, now I have to go back to real life. I have a job. I have all this other shit. I can't disappear forever. Um, so I went back and I'm like, okay, I learned something. Now, how am I going to apply it? How is it going to help me fix well, all the reasons why? Well, let's continue because you were at the Vince Pasta and they recommended more Thai. You're yeah. not a fighter. Let's so go into the Okay, what so, was yeah, that, okay. Like? <laughs> so that was very, very interesting. Um, it just so happened, and this was not intentional. Uh, I happened to find a Persian run Muay Thai facility that just so happened to have Persian food, Persian mm-hmm. barbecue right wow. next door, and I just naturally that was kind your of motivation inspiration it wasn't really motivation it was just like oh, it's nice to have nice Persian food in Thailand from like a Persian guy and it's like okay I'm gonna keep coming here I trust you and then I had conversations like first I kept eating at his restaurant mm-hmm. and then I'd meet all the fighters and a lot of them were Persian and then we would talk and I was like okay you guys are pretty cool and like they're all trying to like encourage me because I'm like I don't fight I don't like fighting like, well let me ask you let me ask you a question uh, have you ever been in a situation where you needed to fight in school? Yeah. Did you fight it? Yeah. Do you I think, didn't like it. Do you think I felt that, remorseful right away. Right. Do you think that maybe because of the violent home that you came up in, like that was something that you wanted to stay away from? 100%. Yeah. I would, well, my number one rule is I'll never ever in my life lay a hand on a girl. Like, right. I refuse to like, Right. Like, it just, it's non-negotiable. It's just, it doesn't happen. Got and you. I could see a complete stranger laying a hand on a woman and I'll go knock them the fuck out. Right. But so it it's not that you're it's not that you don't like to fight it's under certain circumstances yeah. or you don't like to engage un- like unless it's yeah. right gotcha but when it happens like it, it, because I think I think even strange. like um, well I mean, we're probably going to get into this but even like fighting is, doesn't have to be like uh, something that's just all about like violence and that's where you get into like yeah. martial arts and different expressions of even Muay Thai Muay okay. Thai before you actually step in the ring mm-hmm. you're going through hundreds and thousands of hours of training right. and sparring and creating a community and a brotherhood of the people in your mm. in your training facility mm. what you go through is meditative mm. right you're still controlling your body you're being aware of your body you're being aware of the power you're being aware of your breath you're being aware of your dehydration your hydration you're being aware of your partner your not partner your space your surroundings your vicinity it is a complete and total encompass of being meditative because again meditating meditate being being in a meditative state is just being aware right without judgment right right powerful it's like literally yeah. anything and everything you do if you, you can go somewhere and be present without judgment you are essentially meditating because nothing is sticking to you I love yet that. you are aware and I love how acknowledging you just, like, everything I really like just dug in there and simplified it and like really just made it simple when something can be confusing for a lot of people and that's the thing I was, I was reluctant when they tell me oh well first he's like do yoga I'm like okay I can, I can see the similarities and then he's like no go do more time I'm like how is that, that going to work how does that have any resemblance to this how is this correlated there's and a good movie that I referenced that just popped in my head it's called The Peaceful Warrior have you ever seen it no I haven't so it's about uh, this dude named Dan Millman who was like uh, a cocky um uh, Olymp- Olympic trainer at, at the UCLA in, okay. in LA. And his fat, his dad had like a, you know tons of money. He was getting like girls every night. He was like the star of his team. He's like super cocky, like just very egotistical. And he gets so egotistical that he actually like starts thinking he's invincible. 
and he like runs a red light on his motorcycle bike and ends up like shattering his leg. But his whole identity was based around this gold medal, like this his everything that he was about and yeah. who he was is like if he didn't if he wasn't perform competing and couldn't couldn't win a gold medal, his life had no meaning. So he had to go through like this whole like spiritual journey and then this character shows up in his life called Socrates, right? And Socrates is like not really there, but he's like helping him with what we're talking about. He's like Socrates would tell him like about a journey and they go on his hike and he's all excited going up on this 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 journey up the hill. But when they get up there, he's like, Alright, like where where's this great place that you told me about? He's like, It's right there and he points like a rock. He's like, well, What do you mean a rock? Like you told me all these great things and, and then he'd like almost like throw a tantrum. But he's like, Did you see how excited you were in the moment going yeah. up the hill? So he was showing him like how to be present. Like there's one time another scene where they were like on the bridge and he's like kid like look around there's so much happening he's like there's nothing happening right now he's like there's nothing happening and he pushes him off the bridge it's like a little railing and like mm -hmm. a but it was like a pond okay. right yeah. but when he's falling he becomes super present he hears like a little hummingbird over here he like, sees he's, his, he's gonna die like it's his firefly brings him to the present right and so like that just reminded me it's like well what does this have to do with it but then when you go through the experience you know 100 percent. it's a great example yeah yeah, yeah that's a good reference and, and so you said, you find it but you also had the willingness. I think that's a big part of it too, is being having the willingness to do the work. But my willingness was misguided at that time, and I'll take full responsibility for that. It what was, do you mean? It was it was a fucking moment in my life where I was legitimately trying to like kill myself. Yeah, I was legitimately yeah. sad. And I was like, yeah. I was I was fed up. So I needed something to give well, me a spark again. But that's what I'm saying. You were like, willing to do whatever it took. But I, mean, I, didn't what, like, I didn't know what it was though. Okay, but you you did the Muay Thai, right? So like I said, what I did, the only way I can kind of acknowledge what you just said was, I booked the flight, I got on the plane, and I at least got off the plane you. and tried to, I tried to push myself, and there were days where I was just like, I don't want to get up, right. I don't want to leave my room, I don't want to do anything, like, mm. I just want to sleep. Okay. I had those days. It was a fight. It was every day was a fight. Every day was like, this is bullshit. I'm not gonna get anything from sitting with myself. I'm not gonna get anything from talking to somebody. I'm not gonna get anything from punching, uh, punching back. Like, right. I'm not gonna release stress. <laughs> like, That's exactly his right. attitude in the movie. Right. He's like, he's like, he had him doing all these different things that he thought were like non, like not related at all, yeah. right? And he was like complaining to all this stuff, and then like through that, eventually he started to come back into that place. Right, and, that, and that's the whole thing with the hero's journey, like they use in the movies that everyone can relate. And my biggest test was after I had done all, so I, I did that, and then I was still in Thailand for a little bit, so I'm like, I don't want to go home. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go explore. I want to drive around on the bike, I want to drive around all of Phuket, which I did, and then I took a flight to Chiang Mai, drove that's around Chiang Mai, stayed there, I went to all the temples, I did the tourist thing. But I really just wanted to be by myself. I didn't really... Right. I made friends and whatever here and there. Right, right. But every time I went to a temple or went for a drive or whatever, I did it by myself. Right. I wanted to experience everything by myself. It's not that, I, not that I was trying to be an introvert. I just needed to be an introvert. To, to really with yourself. Yeah. yeah. I spent my whole life in Toronto around people. Like It's nice to not... So did you have a break, a breakthrough on this trip or was it later on when... Yeah, no, this trip I definitely had a breakthrough. Okay. 100% had a breakthrough. That's where I got these tattoos. And, um, you know, I explained two of them. One was, actually, I explained three. One was, you know, I had no let go. The other one was, 
it is as it is, and you want to illuminate. And these are to these are uh, these are omens and things that you kind of just say to yourself to bring you back it, down to uh, earth. Like, you from Thailand. Yeah. Okay, they're gotcha. all sakyans. Sak. Okay, gotcha. They're all sakyans. And then is this the the trip where you got the one day back? Gotcha. Yeah, no, that one I did recently. So uh, oh, recently. two years two years later. Okay. Yeah, or a year and a half later. Okay. A year and a half later, after that trip. Yeah. That's when I got it. So I, the idea came into my mind in the first trip, but I wasn't ready for it because I had understood that, you know, to really get a Sakyant, you need to be mentally, spiritually, and emotionally present and available. Right. Like, it's not just, it's not just something that you're going and you're getting just because... Getting, nah. right? I got these because I felt that they were appropriate, that when I went back to Toronto after that trip... That I can look at them, I can touch them, and it would be a simple snapback. Be like, Sahan, no, just think of life simple. Everything is simple. Right. Everything we do is simple. We make it complicated. Right. Right. Every situation, every obstacle, everything, everything will have a solution. There are no problems. We create problems. Right. There are only solutions. Right. Almost anything and everything. If you have the ingenuity, if you have the willpower, if you have the drive, you can solve any problem there is. Mm-hmm. But it all depends on how we want to restrict ourselves. Right. Right. And I'm 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 a culprit of this. There are many times where I restrict myself from doing something. But there are also times where I haven't restricted myself and I've accomplished great things. Mm-hmm. But it shows that you're human, it shows that you have weakness, it just shows that we all have flaws. Right? Right. So these ones I got um so like there's like three fundamental pillars in meditation. The Anicha, Dukkha and Anatta. Anicca means that, you know, we suffer because of attachment. Dukkha means that uh, we all must die. And Anatta means that you yourself, your own physical body, is not forever. So if you think about these three things in fundamental basic terminology, they're pretty basic and true, right? Like, the only reason that you do your nine-to-five or want that six-figure or seven-figure salary is so that you can have certain things whatever they may be right right or you want to travel or whatever like anything obviously everyone must die you need to acknowledge that your parents are going to die your siblings are going to die your aunt uncle friends stranger your security guard is going to die everyone is going to die right but that's fundamental to know right you don't know when anybody is going to die right right. but you know that everyone will die right so in its own perspective, you have to be a little bit more human, mm. right? And then the final one is like, you yourself are not forever. Okay, so now I've acknowledged, I've acknowledged all materialistic issues in my life. I've acknowledged everyone else in my life. Now I need to acknowledge me. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to wake up every day for the rest of the eternity of the earth. So what am I going to do every single day? I gotta be a little bit more cognizant, a little bit more realistic, a little bit more aware, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more polite, a little bit more passionate, a little bit more this, and a little bit more that. Obviously, you're not gonna do it to everybody and everybody. Right. right. But yeah, it's essentially I'm telling you to be human, and I'm not talking about the human that we are today, right, right, right. where exactly. how many posts or how many likes or how many followers determines who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. No. Like, what, what is the odds of actually meeting anybody that has over a million followers on Instagram and meeting them in real life? It's like one in 
God knows how much, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but that person feels so important because he has that many people. They're artificial, right? Yeah. Even meet somebody walking down the street at a corner and have more of a connection to that person than you ever did with somebody. And that's that's it. That's what a lot of this has to do with is connection. And like I would say, like back in the north, you know, in the states in Toronto over there, it's like because of the way that things are running, it's harder to make connections. Like we were talking, I was talking about too. Like after I did my talk, me, Queen Sophia, and then um, Andy, we all went out to to dinner, and we were talking about like dating and and connecting and things like that. And it's like, like uh, it's so much easier to connect like over here with like women and different yeah, like that 100%. because like there's a different perception or a different expectation that oh, yeah. yeah so it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like uh, I'll tell you every Toronto girl uh-huh. you go to any bar club whatever <laughs> whether you guys want to agree with this or not they'll they want to know these things what do you drive where exactly do you live, what do you wear how much do you make where do you work right and this is why I, I totally care like, about I was like even like in the especially in like LA and stuff like that it's not not every single chick but a lot of them like that and it's not even like it's an attitude, almost like or you know, like what can you do for me? It's like, yeah. like, uh, like some some women, some women face. literally won't exactly. Some women literally will be like, oh, no, I I don't I won't just go for tea or coffee. Like I need to go to brunch. I need yeah. to go to dinner. I need to like, like I need to get something out of this. It's like, and then and, when they tell you which restaurant they want to go, to, like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, go by like, yourself. So and I wish you were at that conversation because they're like, I'm like, y'all haven't experienced that, but in the U.S. it's like it's crazy. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is that you lose the ability to make real genuine connection for sure with other people but you also it's also we lose that genuine connection with ourselves, which is what we've been talking about yeah. right and so when you change the environment come to places like here it's like you can it's so much easier to connect with people right connect with, with the women the, the females and connect sure. with just everyone in general like the local people that are traveling because the environment has made it conducive and like some of the simpler things like back in the states like you know you you the restaurants like you there's a pressure to flip the table and mm-hmm. so like you're trying to kind of like oh, here's a bill and you know like look it, the next one in yeah and so subconsciously you feel these pressures right and then you're driving and it's like people are speeding and you're just like where's everyone in a rush to go right right and so what ends up happening is but like here in bali it's like we've talked about this. This is like a customary thing. Like, boom, like, you know, you're hanging out, you, you meet someone for three weeks, you guys are having a good time, and then someone's traveling. Well, it's, a lot of times people will, will, will do like a going away dinner. Yeah. And so we'll go and we'll just have fun, we connect, and we wish them well on their journey. And, there's, and it could be hours. It's like you could be there for three, four hours. And then, then there's not this big pressure of who's paying for the bill because yeah. it's so inexpensive. So now you have time, you don't have the stress, and you can connect. You're not being rushed to bring the bill. A lot of places won't even bring you the bill until you're leaving. Things. And so you have a thing where you can connect, right? And this is ultimately we're talking about expanding your ability. Like you said, there are no problems that, that we can't solve if you connect with yourself, Yeah. right? And so this is one of the main... I'm glad we it full circle because, again, it's like we are the pathway to expanding our survival through our health and our wellness 100%. through through our mind through our well-being and taking care of ourselves and ultimately it's not one thing that fits all it's knowledge of yourself and learning who you are yeah. mastering yourself exactly. whatever it is that you need to work on but it's not one fits one glove fits all for no, everybody and i think that's the most fundamental thing that people need to realize you can list you can read every quote from every famous philosopher from the Dalai Lama from anybody in the world you could be the most educated and informed person in the world 
but none of those are your thoughts none of those are your emotions none of those are your experiences unless you can say that you yourself have gone through every single one of those you've quantified it you've experienced it <laughs> no like no these are just guidelines these are just ways to open up horizon open up your thought process right we need to really really understand that everybody is unique everyone is different and you cannot assume or predict that anyone is going to be the same or will understand you in the same way that you do yourself well let's let's apply that same thing to like techniques right because like meditation techniques because I, I i like the way that you simplified it i like the whole angle you know with the clouds and all that because everyone's like well teach me the techniques like do i do this do i do that and you know and then i also see that you have like the beads right these were gifts yeah oh okay well because i know that like in in um and like uh buddhist those buddhist techniques yeah. where you're counting which is helping you with the frequency it's of, like also of the same in islam thought. it's like reading your mala beads like okay you count right them. Like and so for beads. for people that are not familiar like there's uh, you may see like you know Buddhists or different cultures wearing beads around their wrists or on their neck um, that they use to count and to repeat a mantra around there to so, again and so when you've reached that level of meditative state where uh, it almost feels like when you close your eyes you have no thoughts but it's just like bright light as if you're going into heaven mm. kind of thing it's once you've reached that level you almost need something to help you realize that your mind isn't completely empty mm. right so it's the simplicity of read of counting these beats because they're 108 and you know it's always going to be 108 okay it's not less it's not right. more it's 108 okay and it just gets you back into so it kind of grounds you yeah it's it's, it's a level of grounding oh, wow. you can fully lose yourself because I I, I I i haven't really said it that much and i that makes sense but um, a lot of it is more of like, from what I was understanding, is like just to dominate like the randomness in the mind. So if you're saying something, let's say you have a mantra and you said the mantra like 300 times, like that's going to be able to create the neural pathways in your mind and to kind of, yeah. but then I guess like if you keep doing it and you get to a place where then you're emptiness, you need to come back. Yeah. And now you have like that string to pull you back down to grounding you. So the mantra that I said in my head when I first started doing it, when I, I know lucky mind. I know, let go. It is what it is. I know, let go. It is what it is. I know, let go. It is what it is. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over until I didn't have a flood of images and memories and emotions going through my mind. When it quieted down, when it was a little bit more easier to manage and control, then I was like, okay. I know, let go. Or if I had a thought come into my mind, I remember this, or I remember that, I remember, I know, let go, I know, let go, I know, let go, I know, let go, right. I know, let go, just like, right. literally turning pages, it's like, yeah. literally, I did not let anything sit in my mind for a second or two, just, I know, let go, I know, addressing it, right. not even addressing it, acknowledging it, not addressing it, addressing it means you're reminiscing about it, you're examining it, you're defining uh, no, it, yeah. okay. you acknowledge it, acknowledging is better word. I know, it happened, cool, peace out. This happened, cool, peace out. Because it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't go back. It's you can't not, change you're not denying it. it. Yeah. You're just acknowledging it exactly. and then letting it go. You can't change how we were brought up. You can't change where we went to school. You can't change anything that happened to us. Right. You can acknowledge it, accept it, and let it go. Nothing else. Mm. There's literally nothing else you can do. You can not make the same mistake again. But the only way of not making that same mistake again is if you realized 
what it is that you did in the first place and you let it go because that clearly didn't do anything beneficial for you so why would you do it again Mm. it's like if you make the same mistake twice is it really a mistake not really a mistake is a mistake They keep doing it, it becomes a habit. There you go. <laughs> so, you're, you're, you're habitually <laughs> causing pain. You're habitually causing suffering. You're habitually being an asshole. Right. Like, these are habitual traits that we feel, again, it's individual, based off how we were brought up and our pre-circumstances and whatever, to behave this way. And depending on how your life goes about, you either continue being that person or you decide to be a different person. You right. decide to open your mind to different alternatives. Man, so insightful. I knew I wanted to have you on the podcast to share this energy. And you know, another thing too is like, it's, 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 it's about, it's really about connection right, with yourself and with other people and, and the energy. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to Thanks share like, your experiences. Um, first time. Yeah, you know. And um, what, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Like, is, you know, if people want to connect, like you have social media, email, or do you do anything or is it just something that you're not even attached to? No, really, it's kind of just um, anybody that I meet and anybody that I have a real conversation with. Right. And then if, if it vibes like I did with you, like I, yeah. if I had this conversation with somebody else and I didn't really feel like it was going to go anywhere, I probably would have said, yeah, no, sorry, I'm busy. Right, exactly. I'm just, I don't have time to waste. Yeah. And I don't really like... Oh, I respect time. that. Yeah. But, you know, and again, that makes my podcast exclusive. You can only hear Sahana, my podcast. Check it out. <laughs> so we're, we are definitely yeah. um, going to keep I am vibing. on Instagram, though. If you, uh, if you really want to have a conversation... Or maybe just there. follow you. Like some people just want to see what you're up to. Yeah. So it's I don't even know what it is. I think it's Sahan eighty seven underscore SMD. SMD yeah, and I'll, I'll plug it in. On, I'll plug it in on the podcast as well as like some of the references that we were talking about. You know, with the tattoos and things like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. Um, I hope you guys really got a lot out of this episode, and you guys have a blessed night.